to Let's Sip and Talk with Freema. So today we have a returning guest, Shane. He's coming on, Shane Foster. And today we're going to focus, focus on abuse, red flags. How do you notice if someone is going through that? I have a daughter. I have two boys. You know, so I would love to dig in his brain and kind of figure out what signs I need to look for, you know, so I'll be able to help my kids, if they were ever come in that situation, heck, if they were the abusers, and I pray not. But without further ado, let's introduce Shane. My name is Shane Foster, and you might know me as a Vanderbilt basketball player. There are many memories on the court that have affected who I am today. However, I want to talk to you about other memories that have affected my life off the court. For example, I have a mother who experienced domestic violence. I have a grandmother who's experienced domestic violence. My wife, who is the most important partner in my entire life, was also affected by domestic violence. This is an issue that all men should, can, be a part of. Be a part of the solution. Help us to end violence against women and girls and make Nashville the safest city in the nation. At MEND, our vision is very simple, to make Nashville the safest city in the nation for women and girls. That is what every parent wishes for their daughter, the right to grow up in a community free of domestic violence and sexual assault, where she can achieve her full potential. We believe in the ability and the responsibility of men and boys to be part of the solution, to step up and help end violence against women and girls. Know the facts, know where to get help, call the YWCA's 24-hour crisis line. If you need help now, please call the 24-hour crisis hotline at 1-800-334-4628. And if you want more information on how you can be part of the solution, visit NashvillePredators.com slash YWCA. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing on this wonderful Wednesday? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. And I really appreciate it. So, you know, I just want to dive in there. Um, first and foremost, I really want to start by asking you, and I know we spoke about this briefly on the previous show. Let's start with the red flags. You know, um, what are some of the red flags that the women, that the men should actually notice in the beginning of a relationship? 
Well, first and foremost, I, I just want to say that this is something that you, it's a tool, it's a resource, something that you can find online. If you go online and Google what's called the power and control wheel, it's called the power and control wheel. You can go on there and it talks about all the different signs of abuse that are important to look for. Things like like harassing behavior, right? So I think about when I was young, when I was a little kid, if I was trying to date a girl and I finally got a phone number and then we started talking, I'm blowing her phone up. Hey, what you doing? Where are you? Where are you? You know, who are you with? Blah, 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 blah. When you're young, it's cute. It's like, oh, girl, you know, he, he, he blowing me up. You know what I'm saying? Or she blowing me up. But as an adult, do you really want somebody keeping tabs on you? Trying to know where you are all the time, what you're doing all the time, who you're around all the time. All of these things really become controlling behavior, right? Mm. Where they're not Mm. comfortable with you being around other men or certain Mm. other men, or they're not comfortable with you being around certain family members because of how they might feel about that individual, right? Mm. We see a lot of isolation that happens. Me being a former athlete, right? I I got caught up in this and didn't even know it, right? Like I'm traveling Mm. all over the country. And my wife is following me everywhere I'm going, but I'm not thinking about the fact that she's left her comfort zone. She's left her support system and she's just running around with me. Right mm-hmm. now. Thank God. I'm not, I'm not somebody that's abusive, but if you're in a relationship with somebody who is abusing you and you traveling around the world, you're moving to where they are. Right. And now your mom is nowhere to be found. Grandma, your church community, your family. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so you don't necessarily feel like, you got somebody to turn to in the event that you are being abused and want to get out of that situation. Right. So isolation is another one of those signs. Right. So, so, but we're, we're also talking about in the same space of, of red flags, individuals who really prey on people and try to make them have low self-esteem. Right. They Mm. use a lot of, when you think about emotional (laughs) abuse, right. And mental abuse, putting the other person down, constantly blaming them for things that happen. You know, you got an individual who lose their job at work and then they come home and blame their spouse for them losing their job. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything's their fault. Right. Telling them different things, you know, uh, calling them different names, calling them, you know, uh, offensive language, things like that, that tear away at that other person's self-esteem. So when you think about red flags, if you got a friend, a family member, somebody you care about who all of a sudden they think less of themselves, they're down about themselves all the time. They, they're, they're totally dependent on this other individual. It could be a sign that they're in an abusive relationship, right? Wow. We also talking about in the same space, we're talking about, you know, access to resources. A lot mm-hmm. of men in relationships control the finances, right? And so in the event that this individual doesn't have access to the same resources or doesn't have the ability to go buy things that they need or go places they want to go, or even to the extent to just make their own decisions when it comes to finances, that's controlling Mm -hmm. behavior, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're trying to get out of an abusive relationship, you're going to need some money to be able to get away. You're going to need a vehicle to be able to get away, right? But if that other person is controlling all of those things, in a way, they're controlling you because they're controlling Mm -hmm. your ability to be able to move and shake as you need to, right? So these are just some little things that you can continue to be aware of as it relates to signs of abuse. Right. And and I just wanted to share something just to get your feedback, you know, get your get the feedback from an expert. You know, when you mentioned um, that as far as, you know, when we're younger, it was cute. But to be honest, as adults, sometimes we find that it's cute. 
And, and you know, unless they've been taught, we keep it, you know, we keep it real. You know, I, I'm an open book. So getting out of a, a marriage, you know, being separated in things and people find you at these vulnerable moments and then from your husband not being down your back, from your husband trusting you with everything. And it's like, OK, you know, he kind of let me go and, you know, hang out with the girls. He let me do this and that. But then someone catches you at that time and they're calling you 50 million times, you know, like you said, or where you been or this and that you think like okay you know they're showing me a little attention you know they must think that i'm it you know what have you so as adults some adults do think it's cute until it get overwhelming and then you're kind of stuck in the situation you know so as adults we do find that it's cute as well when of course now you learn once it's too late that it's not so i just kind of wanted to touch on that that you know some adults um kind of think it's cute as well well, I think what I think what's important to think about there is the fact that so many of us don't have good examples of he healthy relationships uh, when we're growing up, right? We don't have you know parents who talk to us about sex and relationships. We don't have grandparents mm -hmm. who share you know the positive, healthy boundaries that should exist within relationship. We just don't have that, right? And so right. because we have because we don't have that, what we do have is a lot of the negativity. Right. So we got a lot of people in our ears saying, oh, girl, don't you don't need to put up with that. You don't need to be worrying about that. You know, you need a man that's going to do X and men have it the same way. You need to get you a woman that's going to do this and a woman that's going to do that. But we're not talking about how, what a healthy relationship actually looks like. Absolutely. Right. What does it look like to 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 respectfully disagree? Right. What does it look like to share what your personal boundaries are? What does it look like to just be able to say, you know what, this is what I'm looking for, but this is also what I'm not going to tolerate. Right. Mm. How do we do that, but still be in relationship? How do we right. set healthy boundaries? We don't have examples of that. Right. We that's don't. Why it's so important that we have conversations like this. And one of the things that I've started doing with, with, with my close group, group, group of friends who come over for dinner or we go hang mm -hmm. out, I start talking about marriage. I start talking about relationships. What are you doing that works? And I don't want to hear, you know, we've been together for 30 years and right. we got this many kids. No, I need to know how to handle frustrated moments, right? right. I need to know what, how, do I, how do I express myself but don't offend? You know right. what I'm saying? How, how, do, how, do I, how do I be real but also be sensitive? Right. How do I be how do I be a man, but also be gentle? Right. Like all of these things matter, but we don't have examples of what that looks like. So it's incredibly important that we have these conversations, that we have these dialogues. And listen, there's no one size fits all. Right. There's, you got to find what works for you. Right. I know we're in the in this modern era where we're changing the dynamics of relationship uh, roles and responsibilities and all of that's cool. Right. Mm -hmm. But you got to find what works for you. I'm a person. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm outside of my backyard right now. I don't cook. I'll grill from time to time. I don't cook. Right. And some people mm -hmm. look at it and say, Shane, it's 2020. You need to be cooking. You need to be, you know, all kinds of men are cooking. But guess what? If I'm in there, if I'm in there cooking, somebody going to be sick. That's, that's not that's not that's not cool. You don't want me in there on the grill. Like you don't want me in there, you know, trying to figure this thing out because somebody's right. gonna be sick, right? So my right. wife, being a phenomenal cook, she takes on that role in our house, but she's not limited to her ability to cook. My wife do a whole bunch of things, right? Like, and I'm Absolutely. not the one that's coming home. If she, if she don't cook, I ain't coming home. Like 
yo, you need to get in this kitchen and, and make me a bologna sandwich or something. You need you need to do something. I'm not doing that, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm just as responsible for the food in this house as she is, right? Absolutely. So she tired, she don't feel like cooking, cool. We go get pizza, we go out to dinner, we order something, we got Postmates, we got technology, we can figure this thing out, right? Exactly. At the end of the day, it's about autonomy and people having the autonomy over their own body to do what they mm. enjoy doing. And if Absolutely. they don't want to do it, that's cool. That is not an indication that that person is not for you or that that person mm. is not playing a role mm. in a relationship. And at the end of the day, and this is something that I think is really, really important, we got to start holding ourselves accountable for the people we choose. We got to hold ourselves accountable for the people we choose. If you want somebody who does X, Y, and Z, you need to go find somebody who does X, Y, and Z and not settle on any relationship until you find that. We got too many people that get in relationships because somebody fine, because they sexy, because they gave it up early when you wanted it and all this kind of stuff. Or they have money. Let's not leave that out. Or they they got money and resources Mm -hmm. and economics and all this kind of stuff. And then we try to we try to make them into what we wanted instead of going to find what we want. But here's the other issue that I think is important. You can't be trying to fix somebody else until you're the best version of you. Mm. Right. Too often we out here trying to have these high expectations and hold somebody else accountable for something that we ain't even doing ourselves, wow. right? So I tell these young people all the time, save dating for, for, for that day when you become the best version of you. That doesn't mean you're perfect, right? But you've taken some time to get to know you, to understand how you move, to understand what's important to you, to have some goals, to be moving towards your career, whatever that case mm-hmm. may be. Now you can hold somebody else to accountable for something because you're a walking example of what you're expecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you said a mouthful just that fast. Um, someone says some people try to see if you're weak minded. So what I'm gathering from that, people actually go out here and actually find or, or figure out if this person is weak minded or not. Like is and I'm and I hate to sound so naive or so, but is that real? People actually seek weak-minded individuals. Well, I, I I wouldn't necessarily call it weak-minded. I think what the brother is getting at is that there are there are certainly people who they know who to test, mm. right? Like they like uh, it's it's like growing up in the hood, and you know who you can bully and who you can't. Oh wow! Right? Okay. Like, even even bullies know. I probably shouldn't mess with him. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get tatted up if I if I mess with him, right? I, I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't go down that road. That that ain't gonna work out good for me. But this person over here, I might be able. To, I might be able to control them a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. people are. There are people out there who are literally studying other people to see, okay, how they move and how they act and how they respond. Do they have self confidence? What kind of family they come from, right? And if you come from a, a family that's broken, if you come from a situation where you yourself are not secure in who you are, then you're vulnerable to being taken advantage of by wow. anybody. It just wow. so happens that when we're talking about relationships, that's part of the worst of it. Because once you be taken advantage of in terms of relationship, it's it's incredibly difficult to get out of that cycle. Right. Mm. And so but yes, there are people out there who are looking for people to take advantage of 100 percent. But you know what? I think the important thing here is we got to normalize talking about relationships. We have to, right? The most important relationships we have are the relationships within our own house. 
but it's the relationships we spend the least amount of time talking about, fixing, and really spending some time in therapy, even trying to uncover some things, you know, that have been bothering us for years and years and years. Especially when you start talking about men, men don't want to go to counseling, right? We don't want to to talk about the problems, right? Right. We've been told our whole life, what happens in our house stays in our house. We sweep things under the rug, right? But consequently, 60% of marriages are ended in divorce. That's not a coincidence, right? Right. We have right. we have more single parent mothers raising kids now than we've ever had before in the history of this country. It's not a coincidence, right? It's not we walking around, we walking around like we got this thing all figured out, but in, in reality, we don't, and we we're don't. failing miserably. And this cycle is continuing because our kids are also watching how we behave in relationships. And even when we're smart enough to say I don't want that, we still don't have a model or an example of what they really go after. So we're Absolutely. grasping their straws, trying to figure it out, right? And so Absolutely. we get in a relationship and we say, you know what, I'm not going to be like my dad. But just because you're not your dad don't mean you're doing it right. Don't say it again. That's so true. And before I read this comment, uh, for the viewers out here, I need y'all to understand this is something serious. And just like Shane said, a lot of individuals don't want to speak about things like this. So y'all make sure y'all share this video. It will touch someone. Make sure you guys share so they'll know what we're talking about and it may help the next person. That's all I ask you guys to do. Knowledge is power. Um, April said, what about the people that change over time? They don't show you the real them until you're in the relationship. That's That's so so powerful and so important and and you know one of the things that and 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 i'm not saying that i'm perfect because i'm not by any stretch of imagination i make mistakes just like everybody else i'm a work Mm -hmm. in progress my relationship is a work in progress one of the things that my wife and i did I i met my wife on facebook when i was playing ball overseas in belgium and one of the things that i respect her for now that i was really upset about then was mm-hmm. that for the first three months, she wouldn't give me a number. We literally talked on Facebook for three months. So I'm over there with an eight-hour time difference, pressing the refresh button every day, trying to see if she responded to my message, right? And when, sometimes when she didn't respond, I'm stuck in the zone. I'm like, did I say something wrong? You know, no. Is it over? Is it a wrap? You know, like, I, I don't know, right? And then even after that three months, we just talked on Skype, right? Okay. But so there was a six-month period before we ever saw each other in person, before we went on a date, before we had a chance to really physically connect or anything like that, six months, right? Now, that being said, it ain't the easiest thing in the world to do. Right. But I literally credit that period of time with the the relationship growth that we were able to have in our relationship because we made a conscious decision that we want to be together and we're going to be committed to each other. That doesn't mean that it's been perfect. We still have flaws. We still, you know, got after it a little bit and had arguments and all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we had a foundation that wasn't built on sex, that wasn't built on a physical attraction, that wasn't built on anything superficial Right. We hadn't been in no dates. We hadn't, you know, I wasn't driving around in my Escalade with her on the side. She wasn't like none of this. Right. Mm -hmm. It was just us. Right. It was just getting to know us, how we move, how we tick, you know, having difficult conversations. 
once we started, once we said we wanted to be in an actual relationship, we started reading this book called Becoming a Couple of Destiny. It's written by Bishop Joseph Walker and his wife, Dr. Stephanie Walker. And it really talks about what it looks like to have purpose connected to the relationship. Hmm. See, most of us are just out here dating. Right. We don't like being alone, you know, so we we, we need somebody, right? It's getting, getting cold outside. It's cuffing season. I need yep. somebody right here. You know what I'm saying? But by the same token, are we intentional about why we are together, right? If 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 I'm going to lay down with you every day, I need to know that we're together for more than just this moment in time. What right. is going to come out of this? What is purpose? If I was created with a purpose and you was created with a purpose, then certainly us being together should have a purpose. Absolutely. Right? And if we together don't have a purpose that's greater than just what's happening in between these four walls, then it's probably a sure sign that we shouldn't be together. Right. Right. Wow. What are we? Because because ultimately we are producing something. Even if we're not producing a child, we're producing something in the world, right? What Absolutely. is that that's being produced, right? Are we equally yoked? You know, are, are are we going in the same direction? Do we have the same beliefs? Are we are, are we aligned, right? I'm I'm a I'm a spiritual person, so I think about it. You know, the Bible said at the end of the day, how can two people walk together unless they agree? Right. Like at the end of the day, it's not about us agreeing on every single thing. That's not what that means. What that means is during times of, of, of struggle, during times of disagreement, can we turn in the same direction? Absolutely. Right? Can, 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 I, can, I, can I turn knowing that you got my back and that, that we're going to be together regardless? Right. Can, can I fail around you? Is it safe mm-hmm. for me to fail? Right. Or am I less of a man because I ain't got the money that I had before? Right. right? Or, or, or am I am I am I less of a woman because I ain't cooked the way that you wanted me to? Right. Right. Can I can I fail around you? Mm. Right. Can I can I be weak? Can I can I talk about what happened in my childhood without you looking at me mm. as weak? Or right. Can I talk me. about mm. what I've overcome without you judging me? Mm. Right. Can I talk about my struggles even where I am today? without you using that for some advantage later on in an argument, right? These are the things that need to be discussed prior to us having sex. Because mm. once you go down that road, now everything else is cloudy, right? Listen, well, important. y'all have to share this video. Y'all need to share this video. Things need to be heard. People need to hear this. It's going on in everyday life. It's going on in our circles. You know, everyone has a circle of friends and don't understand what they're going through. This video needs to be shared. It needs to be heard. Not one time in my entire life I ever heard anyone ask the other person if I fail. If I fail. Never heard it a day in my life. We need to share this video. Um, Melvin said, when I first meet some people, you don't meet them. You meet their representatives. Some people are not going to show you who they really are for numerous reasons. I keep it 100%. Might as well be yourself. It will show in time anyway. That's good, man. It's, it's so true. And and that's not only true in relationships. That's true in business. That's true right? in life. Like, that's true in life, like period. Like we, you, you, You're always meeting somebody's representative. You mm. know where you don't see their representative? If you go home with them. 
not not home, not home to Netflix and chill. Mm-hmm. Right? Not home, you know, to sit in here and cuddle and 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 eat cheesecake and steaks and no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. When you bring them home, it's when you invite them into your struggle. Mm. Right? We're right. so guarded, we're so guarded most of the time that we don't we don't talk about our shortcomings. We don't we don't show up and truly be vulnerable, right? We save our vulnerability for the one. Right. But if you don't show your vulnerability, it'll never expose the other person's vulnerability. Mm. Right? So right. we, we got to do a better job of showing up and saying, like my brother just did, I'm going to be 100 regardless. This is where I'm at. You know what? I played ball. My feet ain't cute at all. They're ugly. Mm-hmm. They're they going to be ugly today. If I go get a pedicure tomorrow, they're going to be ugly tomorrow. Right. right? Just, so, so if you somebody that, you know, you get hung up on people that have feet that's going to scratch you under the bed, I'm probably not the one. Right? <laughs> like, that's just that's just being real. Right? Right? right. Like, like, we got to have this conversation. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, for me, I'm somebody who, I'm a very, and, and I know we don't hear a lot of men talk about this, but I'm just going to keep it 100. I'm a very needy person. Mm-hmm. As a man, I am a needy individual. I need attention. I need affection. I need to stay connected. I need to know at all mm-hmm. times we good. Right. Right. I need this. Right. If if I can't say that as a man, because I'm trying to be tough, I'm like I'm good. I don't. You go go about your business. You good. I don't need this. And guess what? In prior relationships, I did that, and all mm-hmm. of them failed because of all my inability to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? At the end yeah. of the day, we need other people. You got to be vulnerable. That's the only thing that exposes other people's vulnerability. And if they're unwilling to go there with you, if we can't be vulnerable, if we can't talk about what, what our fears are and, 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 and what, you know, where our shortcomings are and what makes us cry and what makes us mm-hmm. sad, if we, can't, if we can't have that kind of conversation, if you're too hard for that, you're too hard for me. Wow. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, I'm feeling it right now. I feel like standing up. Um, Michael said, being an ex-officer, I have seen both sides. I'm pretty sure men and women, you know, like we, we, we are pretty, you know, as a woman, we, we pretty, we do a lot. I'm be honest with you. We do, we do a whole lot. Um, April said, what do you think about a partner that provides their other, um, that provides for their other half? Oh, provokes, excuse me. Their other half is it okay to protect yourself or is it seen as abuse that's a great question i think in 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 most situations protecting yourself takes on a different meaning right if if i'm in a relationship with an individual who is yelling and screaming at me mm-hmm. as a 66 230 pound man Am I in danger because my spouse, my partner is yelling at me? Probably not. Right? Mm-hmm. Pro- pro- probably not. If if she called me everything but a child of God, am I in danger? Pro- probably not. If if she came at me and wanted to swing on me and and cause physical harm to me. If I felt like my life was in danger, mm-hmm. As a 6'6", 230-pound man, I have the ability to get away. Not to be confused with a right to fight. 
Mm. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. People get to choose. They have the autonomy to do what they want to do with their own body. But guess what? There are real consequences when you choose to act in a way that puts someone else in danger or Mm -hmm. in harm. That includes within a relationship. So going back to the point that I made before, it is incredibly important who we choose to be with. I probably shouldn't be with another individual who has the propensity to just click out. Right, right. I, if, 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 you, if I've not seen how you act and respond when you are upset and angry, I probably shouldn't decide to date you. Mm. If I've not seen with my own eyes how you respond to trauma, we should not be making this official. Mm-hmm. I should not be walking down the aisle with someone who I've not seen for myself how they respond to trial and tribulation. Mm-hmm. I should period, under no circumstance, right? We need to date. We need to just hang out long enough for me to see how you respond given certain circumstances. Why? Because there's going to come a time where my life might depend on it. Right, right. I need to know that you're a person, again, as a man of faith. I would prefer you to yell and scream than to go grab a knife. But I don't know which one is your your knee-jerk reaction unless I've been around you long enough to allow life experiences to show me how you respond in those situations. Absolutely. All too often, we too quick to be grown. I was talking to my little sister not too long ago, and my little sister said that, you know what? I wish I could go back and be a kid again because being yeah. being a grown adult comes with too much responsibility. I, I just didn't know that it came with all of this. The mm. reality is we so quick to want to have sex. We so quick to want to have kids. We so quick to want to have a family. We so quick to walk around and just show people we got this ring on our finger. We're so quick to do all of that that we haven't set in place some parameters to make sure that we get all the information we need so that we can make the best decision for our long term and not our short term. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. The sex might be good, but if I'm in a situation where I need you to be chill and calm and you clicking out, now all of a sudden everybody in the house, life has been uprooted because, not because of their response, because I didn't do my job to understand how you respond to trauma. I could have been working on this. We could have been in counseling talking about this. We could have been prioritizing this area of life so that we can grow and be better before bad day comes. But because we didn't have the conversations necessary on the front end, we couldn't heal what was broken from the past. And now I'm sitting here in a situation all because I rushed Mm. unnecessarily. Right? Like we got to stop and put the onus back on us. We didn't have to walk down that aisle. We, we, we We didn't have to to get in that relationship. We didn't have to make it exclusive. We, we, didn't, we didn't have to do none of that. But because we chose to do that prematurely, now we're in situations that we didn't right. even think of, right? So when so so no, it is not, it's not cool for anybody, woman, man, boy, girl, it's not good for anybody to be physically harming another individual right. in no circumstance. Neither is it the victim's fault when that happens. Mm. But I do think it is important that we consider who we choose, why we chose them, and don't do it prematurely. Mm. 
Um, Michael said, I've seen both sides acting out on different things like jealousy, not understanding each other, and people in their business. So, that's, go ahead, go ahead. That's, 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 that's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from New Orleans, right? I'm from New Orleans, grew up in New Orleans, and I'm going back in January, and um, they, they're retiring my jersey at my high school, and I'm so oh, excited wow. about it. I need to and, come and, in January and follow you around. Yeah, <laughs> turn up. We're going to have a good time, right? But I, I remember I remember being a kid in New Orleans where, where we used to argue and fight about stuff that didn't even matter, mm. right? Like, like we'd be in school, and somebody somebody crack a joke that we didn't think was funny and we ready to fight right mm -hmm. somebody mm -hmm. step on somebody's shoes and somebody else pulling out a gun right somebody cracking your mama joke and and and, and now they bleeding on the pavement right like, like we just get upset and then we when i thought about the relationships right like somebody walked down the hall with another woman or another girl rather and all of a sudden their girlfriend break it up with them because they just because they saw them walking down the hall, right? right? Or, or, or we just had a difference of opinion about something and now I don't want to talk to you no more. I can't tell you how many friendships that I saw in high school that they were click tight. I mean, they were birds and they were together all the time. And now as adults, they hate each other right. over a misunderstanding. A misunderstanding. Right? What, what, what I think about as it relates to relationship and I appreciate the brother making that comment we got to go back to the foundation mm. that we bring to the table when we engage in relationship around what's acceptable and what's not. We have this, this, this fairy tale idea of what relationship is supposed to be like. And when it turns out that it's not like that, we act out of our disappointment and frustration instead of owning the fact that I built my own foundation on something that was faulty information. Right. Right. You got a lot of, and I, I put it in layman's terms. So you got a lot of young men and even adult men out here watching pornography, and then they get home in the in the bed with 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 their significant other, and they're disappointed because the experience in their own bed don't match what they watched on in pornography, irregardless of the fact that pornography is a staged act. Right. It's acting. Right. So we come home and we expect somebody else who had nothing to do with this video to act like the video that they may not have even watched. Mm. It's the same thing that's happening in relationship as it relates to all of these other areas that my brother brought up. Right. We, we, we don't know how to talk to each other. We don't know how to agree. And we think that because we're in love, that love is supposed to just be easy. And that because we got together and we married, then it's just supposed to work. It's just supposed to be natural. It's supposed to flow and it's supposed to be all good and something wrong with you if it ain't. When the reality is none of us have a great example of what it looks like to be in healthy relationship. Absolutely. We feel emboldened and, and coming from a place of privilege, trying to hold somebody else to a standard that we don't even know really what that is. Exactly. And not only that, but we can't even uphold the standard that they have for us. Mm. Right? So we're both completely missing the mark, but we feel emboldened. Especially men, because we've lived in a male-dominated society where we just get to do what we want and don't nobody tell us nothing. 
right? So back back when we were kids, we go in the park and we say all kind of crazy stuff and there's no consequence for it. Right. We go back home like it's all good. But when we try that in relationship, now all of a sudden the bedroom getting shut down and you got to sleep on the couch and now you mad and, and, and upset about it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and the reality is, We've not had any conversations about relationship, what it should be, what it shouldn't be, what's okay, what it's not, how to how to formulate our foundation based on our principles and work worse for us as opposed to what might have worked for somebody else. Relationship is not a one size fit all, right? Jill, Jill, um, Jade and Will, they out mm -hmm. here doing they love, you know, uh right. relationship, open relationship thing. I can tell you right now, that don't work for me, me neither, my wife. That ain't got no, ain't no open nothing. This is closed. This is this me closed. This is closed. This is it. Absolutely. Right? right. But by the same token, if if we're looking at them for an example, we're gonna get what they got and might even miss the mark on that. Absolutely. Right. So so I think it really goes back to we gotta normalize talking about relationships. Right. We got to normalize this. We got to talk about sex. We, there's a lot of men who feel like if, if we marry, then that means you just got to give it up whenever I ask for it. Mm. You can still be raping somebody be in, in your marriage. I don't right? think they like understand consent. that. I don't think right. they understand that. Say that consent again. Kay. I don't think they understand it. It's real talk. Real. You can absolutely rape your wife. Being married does not equal consent. It doesn't. Mm. Right. And, and 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 the thing about that is it's interesting because we don't think about that when when it comes to our daughters, right? You got a right. daughter and 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 your daughter come home and tell you this man raped her, you ain't gonna be like, Well, you married, so tough luck. No, right. no not 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 a not a man in America, not one, right? It's not it's not that's not reality, right? So somehow we gotta get back to talking about relationships and normalizing this conversation we so that we to. can be better for each other. We have to. And just to reiterate, that is why Freema designed Let's Sip and Talk with Freema so we can talk about these things one dare to talk about. We speak about things people don't talk about in everyday life. So we, we speak about things that people sweep under the rug. That's why I have Alan. That's why I have April. That's why I have Stacey to bring people on to discuss these type of stuff that will help an individual out. It does not always have to be monetary. It does not always have to be someone physically there, but just to give the knowledge so it can help the next person out. Share this video because I know I'm going to share it like hell. Excuse my language because I know a lot of people are avoiding this conversation and I know a lot of people can use this conversation. So I just need to put that out there right quick. Um, April said both sometimes you can say things that hit below the belt. Very true. It's 100% it's true. We, we don't know how to fight fair. Especially those of us who have experienced trauma, right? A lot of us have experienced child abuse. We ain't called it that. We just got a whooping, right? You did some, you had no benefit. We just, we just got a whooping, right? Didn't get no explanation. Didn't get no no therapy. Didn't get no, you know, this is what you need to do next time. We just got beat, right? So that normalized that kind of response to somebody doing something that you didn't want them to do. It normalized that, right? So, so now because we came from a household where they was yelling and screaming, and because you were a child at the time, people told you stay in a child's place, so right. you ain't had no right to talk, right? Don't give me no back talk, right, wrong, and different, right? So now we go into our relationship, and that's how we fight.
You did That's something true. I don't like, you're going to get what I saw. You're going to get what I saw. Mm. You're going to get what I saw. Period, right? Like, what, what, what else is there? If I, didn't, if I didn't see somebody sit down and have a productive, grown-up conversation that had healthy boundaries, then I don't know what that looks like. All I know is the trauma that I saw, right? And because nobody exposed it as being abusive behavior, right? I don't see that as being abusive. I see that as just me speaking my mind, right? So I could just be telling you, I could just be telling you how I feel and be yelling. And I think that's okay because in my household, people yelled all the time. And of Mm -hmm. course my mom loved me. And of course my dad loved me. And of course grandma loved me. But in reality, love does not excuse abusive behavior. Absolutely. Right? People can love you and still be abusive. Yeah. Right? And, and 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 quite honestly, that ain't the kind of love I want, right? Mama used to say, "You kill more bees with with with, with honey than you do honey. with with." You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. at the end of the day, I, I need you to soften that thing up when you come to me, right? I ain't I ain't trying to be a I ain't trying to be this macho man at home. I got to be macho man out here in these streets. I don't want to be that home. Exactly. Right? And you as a woman, I gotta. You. <laughs> you got you got you want to be able to be you as a woman. You deal with too much out here in these streets. You deal with too much in the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. To have to come home and have to be tough at home too. No, no, we need to soften this thing up. We need right? to soften this thing one up. Of, one of the things that we we've, we've been talking a lot about lately is being quick to apologize. So I was talking to my wife one day, and I was like, "Yo, you realize that you know we watch TV, watch these shows, some of them from back in the day, and they be quick to get over stuff." Somebody do something wrong, they'd be like, baby, I'm sorry. You know, I was wrong. You know, let's just get back to being us. But at home, we want to we want to argue. We want to be mad. Right? We we want to sit on that thing for a little while. For what? Mm-hmm. Right? For what? You know, being quick to apologize, even if it wasn't my fault. You know what? Let's get back to peace. Let's get back to being us. Whatever it is, it was probably small anyway. Right? How many of us, by show of hands, we arguing about dumb stuff, stuff that don't even right. matter? Right? Nine like, times out of ten. Right. Nine times out of ten, stuff that don't matter. Right? When you start putting it in relation to a long term relationship that could be filled with love and happiness and joy, we could be eating ice cream, but yet we sitting there mad at each other. Right? We 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 could be sitting out on the patio enjoying life and nature, but so we sitting up here on one side, one person on one side of the house, one person on the other side. Right, we we getting off work trying to find something else to go do because we don't want to go home because this cloud of of anger and and frustration is just sitting over our house for what, right? But we got to learn how to fight fair. It's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I'm not in a mental space right now to have this conversation. Let's come back to it later. Right. But you got to be committed to coming back. Right. You can't you can't just let that sit. Right. You got to be committed to coming back and handling it. Right. The old folks used to say, don't don't let the sun go down on, on your wrath. Like, don't don't let the sun go down with you angry. Life don't is too short. Sleep, we got man. COVID. We got COVID taking people out right now. What are we mad about? What are we really upset about? Really? Right. We got to learn how to fight fair. We got to learn how to use our words to talk. And in the event that we're not in the right space to have a difficult conversation, don't have it right there. So, you know what? I need some space. I'm going to come back. I promise I'm going to come back. Give me an hour, give me two hours, give me a day, whatever I need to go get my mind right, go to counseling, go vent to somebody else. Stop trying to use your relationship as a way to vent. Find you another friend, go vent, and come back and be who you are meant to be. 
God knows. Um, Abram said, I'm talking more of the female. Most men don't want to hold an out of control woman down. But what do you do? Um, what do you mean, April? I mean, like, okay, in some cases, for instance, a female can be irate. Okay. Um, she could say some hurtful things. But at the same time, and we have all been there, um, you can pick up an object, you can do whatever um, to get your feelings off. Yeah, or, or try to hit. Is it okay for that man to hold her down, or is it considered abuse? That's a good. That's a good question. I actually had a friend of mine who was in a situation similar to this, where uh, his 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 girl, his fiance at the time, came at him with a knife, mm. and he grabbed her. Right, he grabbed her to stop her from killing him, from right. jabbing him with with his knife. Right, and. The police came and put him in half handcuffs and put him in the backseat of the car, right? Mm. And it and 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 it was only because a neighbor saw what was going on and came and said, "No, officer, he was just protecting himself. This is the person who was coming at him with his knife or whatever, and he was able to get off." I think a couple of things. Number one, as it's not okay for anybody in a relationship to be abusive. That is not acceptable behavior, period. But I do think it's important for us to recognize escalation when it happens. Right. Right. No, 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 nobody just went from being in a happy place to all of a sudden grabbing a knife coming at you. Right. If that's the case, we need to get that individual some help. They need to be in a facility. We need to get them with some doctors, some people that can help them mentally. Right. But when it comes to an individual who has gotten upset and that situation has escalated, both individuals are need to be responsible enough to say, you know what, this is getting out of hand. Let's stop this right here. Right. Too often, because of the trauma that we experienced growing up, that kind of behavior is normalized. It's not normal for you to call me out my name. I don't care what we're arguing about. Right. It's not normal for you to be raising your voice and yelling at me as another individual that you're in relationship with. That's not normal. That's not acceptable behavior, right? Yes, we've all experienced it, but having the experience does not make it normal. That is not acceptable behavior. It is abusive behavior, whether a woman does it or a man does it. It doesn't mm. matter who does it. It's still abusive behavior. Absolutely. Our inability to call that what it is allows situations to escalate to a point to where now there's physical licks being thrown. Mm -hmm. Right. All of these things can be addressed early on as opposed to waiting until something escalates. And then again, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, the first time you show me that you are capable of physically abusing me or have the willingness to abuse me, right. I'm out. I'm out. That relationship is not the place to be saving people. That's for church. Mm. Mm. We got too many people out here trying to play savior. That's, oh, that's, that's there's, there's one person who can save you, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. You're not in relationship. We in relationship. Not my job is my job is to support you. My job is to love you. My job is to provide you the space necessary for you to heal. My right. job might even be able to listen. But to receive abuse, never. 
Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. Now I have a question. Now I was raised as a young child. If somebody hits you, you hit, you hit them back. back. Mm-hmm. Now me as an adult, I tell my children: if somebody hits you, long as they're not trying to harm you, you know, just a simple right. hit, you let the adult that's in charge know what's going on. Mm-hmm. However, if nothing takes place, then you have to defend yourself. You can't constantly let somebody hit you. Am I wrong? So even in the adult world, Shane, you know, she hit you. I'm not going to hit her back. Is it at that time they should leave or they wait for the second time around? You see what I'm saying? Because I've been there. I'm going to be honest with you. Shane, I was the abuser. I used to fight my husband. You see what I'm saying? So I didn't, and honestly, me and a friend, we went, we debated to where we were hoarse. I wasn't feeling her side. She wasn't feeling my side because I felt as a man, he should never hit me back regardless. And that's just what I felt at that moment. You know, because I'm little old me. He's 6'4". You should never hit me back. But you know, mind, Shane, we, we were raised in the same house. Raised in the same house. I understand. I tell my boys, if a female hit you, you leave. Don't hit them back, you leave. You know, so I felt like, no, he shouldn't hit me back. He stayed around. You see what I'm saying? Don't hit me mm-hmm. back. You stayed here. You knew what I was doing. You saved. But my thing is, a female can hurt you just as fast as a male can hurt you. I say they should leave the situation. Don't so, so, so here's the here's the reality. There's a difference between what you're going to get to be able to talk about in the hood and what, what's the law. Mm-hmm. Okay. In, in, in the hood, we're concerned with what our girl's going to think, what our boy going to think. You know, we got to make sure that our reputation stay intact. So that influences our actions and behaviors, right? I don't, I don't want nobody to feel like I'm just weak, like I'm just a pushover. So mm-hmm. if if you if you hit me, I'm gonna hit you back. The law says if your life was in danger, if you felt like your person was in danger, then you have by law the right to defend yourself. That law is gonna be upheld by other people who are going to use a reasonable standard to judge whether or not the force that you used was necessary based on the threat of danger. If 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 my wife could probably come out here and swing on me as hard as she can and it might hurt but it ain't going to kill me. Right. I might have a I might have a black eye. I might need to go get me a fake tooth. I might need to do all of it. But it ain't gonna kill me. Now nah, she come out here with a knife, she come out here with a gun. That's another story. Right. But but this idea that somehow anybody who poses any threat whatsoever gives me a legal right to just haul off and do whatever will end you up in jail or prison. If we continue to preach this mentality that if somebody do do something to you, 
you got the right to do something back to them. We're going to continue this cycle, especially in communities of color, with overwhelming majority of us making up the majority of the prison population. That might sound harsh. That's a reality. Okay. So we have a choice. Do we teach our kids how to de-escalate? Do we teach our kids how to recognize what an actual threat versus somebody just trying to bully you or just trying to make you, you know, impose their will or whatever? Are we going to teach our kids how to make smart decisions? Guess what? Once I found out that I was on the path to get to the NBA, all of that fighting stuff stopped. I literally have not had a fight since the sixth grade. I'm 34 years old. I ain't had a fight since sixth grade. That don't mean that people haven't said crazy stuff to me. That don't mean that people haven't come at me wanting to fight. But at the end of the day, I got too much to lose. And I'm not putting my life in the hands of a jury nowhere. Also, I can say, well, guess what? I defended myself. I ain't going to let nobody hit me, though. I ain't going to let nobody punk me, though. You know how many men right now are sitting in jail all because because they're clinging to this thing that's called manhood and masculinity? I ain't going to let you do nothing to me, though. Right. And women have assimilated, in a lot of cases, into that same mentality. Now, you ain't going to talk to me any kind of way. I don't care what's going on. Now, you ain't going to care. I don't care. You ain't going to talk to me any kind of way. You can't get great jobs with that kind of mentality. You're probably not going to be with a respectful gentleman with that kind of mentality. Right? right. It's not productive. Yet we continue that cycle. We continue right? the cycle. So we yeah. have a choice. Yes. you you. There are situations where legally you get to defend yourself. But as a person of color, you better know the difference between the need to defend yourself mm-hmm. and what the options are for defending yourself. For def- choosing Sometimes your Sometimes defending yourself means I call the police. Right. Sometimes defending yourself means I get in my vehicle and I drive off. I end this relationship. Yeah. Sometimes Absolutely. defending yourself means because you've come onto my property and, and you have a weapon as well, sometimes that means I got to make sure that I defend my house and my family with whatever means mm-hmm. necessary. Absolutely. Right. But you have to be able to discern what situation you're in and what force is needed for you to protect yourself. Absolutely. Ava, did you want to say anything? No, I was just going to give an example um, of something that um, an experience Mm -hmm. of my child experiencing with a bully at school. I went up there, went through the proper channels of everything, letting the um, principal and everybody know what was going on. And I was afraid that my child was going to snap because this child kept picking on him and everything. They wouldn't do anything. Long story short, sure enough, my child ended up snapping and ended up jumping on the boy. My child ended up with 10 days suspension because they didn't do anything about the bullying. Mm -hmm. The constant picking and everything. After his 10 day suspension, he was placed back into school. Same thing happened again, but this time he was approached in the bathroom by the same boy. I ended up having to go outside to the police to get them involved for the school to do something. All alone, they blamed my child. My child was punished for protecting himself. And it was more of a 
a gay guy mm -hmm. found interest in my son. My son was not gay. So he felt the need that he needed to purchase. Now, keep in mind, he befriended him, but he did tell him that he's not that type. But the boy still tried to force himself on him. Mm -hmm. So he had no choice at the end of the day but to protect himself because nobody took the time out to actually talk to him. Right. So, yeah, being a, a young adult, a child, a teenager, what advice would you give me? How would you handle a situation like that? that, that that's a great question. I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing that story. Um, I think in situations like that, it's important that we hold not only elected officials, but that we hold administration to these schools to a much higher standard. Mm -hmm. um, there's so every educational institution has to follow Title IX. Mm -hmm. And Title IX and Title VII applies to the, to the workplace. But Title IX mm -hmm. ensures that no child or no student, nobody, has to put up with a hostile environment being created for them to where they're unable to do their work. Exactly. Period. And I was told it wasn't considered bullying. So, so see, I so, work in a school system. So I switched so, it on. I said, well, let's call it what it really is, a sexual harassment. Right. And so, unfortunately, and, and, and I, sit, I sit on a board of, of, of two schools here in Nashville and literally had to come to the defense of a young man who was in a similar situation because the powers that be didn't think it was all that big of a deal, right? Mm -hmm. here's, the, here's the reality. Unfortunately, in this country, people are treated unfairly and they bank on the fact that we as people of color do not have the resources to take them to court. Exactly. Wow. They bank on it. They bank on it. They, they legit 100% bank on the fact that they will never have to publicly defend the actions that they've done, which is why there are law firms that do pro bono work who try to specifically help communities of color because that happens every single day. Wow. Now, to those individuals who really feel like right now we're in the middle of an election, who feel like they vote don't matter, this is your story is an example of why voting matters. Right. Who we put in school board positions, who we elect, who we allow to sit in principals as principals, who we allow to, to serve as chief of police. All of them set the standard for what is acceptable and unacceptable behavior in all of these institutions. And as parents and as members of the community, we got to show up when there's a, a, a council meeting. We mm. got to show up when there's a, a school board meeting. We got to show up when there's parent-teacher conferences, right. right? Because if we don't fight for the little things, these are the types of things that happen that disproportionately affect people of color. Mm. You said... <laughs> Whew, mouthful. We need yeah. session. <laughs> um, Michael said, I feel like men and women should learn how to break that change from abuse and teach their kids about it. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. <laughs> it's right. no more you can say. That's something you need to actually have a conversation, especially someone like me, you know, or they need to have, we need to have a conversation. I've had conversations with my children. You know, like this need to be 
said. They need to hear it. They need to understand. They're not dummies. They know what's going on. And it can be misconstrued. And I'm going to be honest with you right now. My son, you know, my oldest son, and me not knowing this, me feeling like, okay, we're arguing in the other room. You know, mama's doing the most in the other room. I didn't know all these years my son thought that his dad was fighting me. You get what I'm saying? What type of woman would I have been to a, when he brought it to my attention? He said, mom, and I'm just keeping it real. Mom, I know dad was fighting you. And it's like, no, Kali, I was fighting your daddy. And that's something that's something you should not accept. That's something you shouldn't do. You know, I had to have that conversation with him because what kind of mother would I have been for him all these years, probably looking at his dad sideways this whole time, thinking he was the aggressor, you know, and it was never him. It was me. So I had to own up to that. So, yes, Michael, we have to have these conversations with our children, regardless if they think we mm-hmm. physically abusing or verbally abusing. We have to have the conversations with our kids, period. We have to do it. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because so many of us don't want to have this conversation with our kids because we don't want to own up to our right. own behavior. Absolutely. Right? How many of us have heard the phrase, do what I do what I say, not as I do? Not as I do. Mm. Right? Like we don't, we don't, as a, especially as parents, we don't want to be held accountable. We want the ability right. to tell you what we want to tell you, when we want to tell you, how we want to tell you, and you better not say nothing about it. And you better not go to grandma's house exactly. and tell her what happened. Exactly. So, and I hate to take it here, Shane. So if little lady or whomever get molested by uncle, guess what? We instilled in our children not to tell what goes on in this household. I don't think a lot of people understand what that, that phrase is doing to our kids. Yep. Like I don't think they I don't think they register in that. You, you get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I, did a, I understand. Um, I did a workshop with a corporation. And when I got done with the workshop, there were literally 30 women who stayed afterwards. And every single one of them told a story about how they were molested by people in their mm. own family. Mm. Every single one of them. I was in, I was in tears listening to these stories. It mm-hmm. happens way more than we want to give credit to. But as adults, we got to own the standard that we have made acceptable in our house. The reason our kids don't tell us everything is because we've created the type of environment that says, I don't want you to tell me everything. Mm-hmm. We've created the environment that says, I, I don't value what you got to say. I'm the parent. And let me say this, Shane, just from experience, again, I'm transparent. You get what I'm saying? I'm doing this platform from a, for a reason. And, and not even about abuse. You know, sometimes women go through things. You get what I'm saying? The PMS, the PMDD. You know, sometimes you don't want to be bothered. I came home in a funky mood. Wanted to, you know, y'all, I, I cook, you know, the kids straight. I'm going to my room. I just, I'm fussing because the dish is not washed. My son the next day said, Mom, I failed a test. You failed a test. Well, Mom, you came home fussing because the dishes, the dishes weren't washed. You know, da, 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 you went in your room. I didn't want to bother you. You get what I'm saying? So our reactions 
our actions they pay attention mm-hmm. to. I couldn't even be mad at him for failing that test because I immediately came in the house fussing. You know, I didn't come to them as children and say, you know, y'all didn't wash the dishes. However, do you have homework? Is there anything I need to help you with? It was it was selfish of me. You know, so a lot of people don't understand our actions, our children pay attention to. He didn't want to bother mama because he knew mama was going through something. But then when he get a report card because he failed a test because mama was angry and didn't pay no attention, then, then we yelling at them. We have to understand. We have to hold accountability for for our children. They're children at the end of the day. They're not adults. We can't blame nobody at this point. Yeah, we can hold them to a certain standard, but at the end of the day, if they don't understand something, they have to come to us. So speaking from experience, we have to learn to to cope with the things that we're going through when we get in the yard. I don't care if you got to sit in the yard for 30 minutes to get yourself together before you go in the house with them kids, but you got to be there for them. And I learned from that. We learn from our children as well. And a lot of people don't understand that. We learn from them as well. That was a well, learning opportunity for me that I would never do again. I had to learn myself working with, um, I worked with troubled teens coming from DJJ and DSS um, in something like a, a halfway house. It was mm-hmm. an 18 month program. Um, most of them were addicted to drugs. I mean, all different right. kinds of issues. However, it took my daughter to tell me, Mama, you're treating me like, like I'm one of them. So I had to take that time from the time I get off of work to my drive home to meditate. To and it's almost like having split personalities. Mm. I had to switch my personality before I get home because I'm looking at her as if she's right. one of them. Right. So it's hard. It's hard, but we have to do it. We have to do it. Um, well, well, how many of us? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I want to say this real quick. How many mm-hmm. of us can remember our parents coming back to us and saying, "You know what? I know I did this. I was wrong. No. I'm sorry." No. Right? Like, no, no. yeah. I, I find myself to explain to my kids all the time now. As 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 adults, that's trauma that we're carrying mm-hmm. around. Right. And and our and, and, and we're not only are we giving that back to our kids, we're giving that to our partners mm-hmm. where we don't know how to stop and say, you know what? I did that. I was wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. That's not been modeled for us. We, we didn't see Ooh. that happen. Right. If it did happen, it happened behind closed doors, but we never saw it. Right. But how many how many things would be different? Just in our relationship, if we, I ain't talking about what they did because we can't own that. that that's their stuff. Just for us, how better would our relationships be if we could come to the table and say, you know what? I know I came in here yelling yesterday. I was going through some things. You know, I was dealing with this and that, but I was wrong. I'm sorry. Listen, I, I, know, I know what I said yesterday came off abruptly. You know, but I'm sorry. I know, I know I ain't say that right. I know it offended you. I didn't mean to be offensive. I'm sorry. Absolutely. How how much better would our relationships be if we could get off our high horse and just apologize? And just apologize. I had to. I said, Kamanti, 
I don't care what mood you think I'm in or you see that I'm in. You're important to me. Your work is important to you, to me. You have to succeed. You come to me and say, Mama, I said I would never like say I don't feel like that. I would never do it. But for me to even give him that vibe that he couldn't come to me, hurt, that hurt. You know, yeah. like that hurt. Yeah. So yeah, we 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 definitely have to learn. We have to learn. We have to pay attention. I'm glad I have the relationship with my children to where they can come and feel free to talk to me and tell my kids will tell me if I'm wrong. Mm. They actually, they're just that outspoken. They will come to me and be like, mama, I felt some type of way, you know, you did such and such and such and such. And I'm just happy that they're able to have that open relationship with me. Absolutely. Um, Michael said, I preach to my daughter all the time to tell me what's going on. I don't care if it's good, good or bad. That's, yes. that's good. That's, that's, yes. that's good, man. That's and the best relationship know, you have. I don't, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you also have a son or not, but let's make sure we do that for our sons, too. Absolutely. You right. know what's so crazy, Shane? Um, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. We have to do this again. Like, I'm even thinking about setting up a ro- a workshop. We'll, we'll, we'll talk behind the scenes, but this is something I really want to do. You know, I really want to set up a workshop. I will fly you out, you know, what have you. But conversations like this need to be had. You know, the online, yes, is great. But I think to have you in person. And, and before we end, I need to uh, I need you to let them know exactly what it is that you do, because I see that Melvin said that you need to be a mo- motivational speaker and all the stuff. You're very intelligent. I need you to enlighten them on what you do so they can understand. Because I don't think we went there this time, you know, because you were a previous guest. So that's for that. So that's my fault, you know, for not, not allowing me um, not allowing you to introduce yourself. But I really want to have you come do a face to face. Because I'm gonna be honest, like that's something. Well, you can wear a mask. Look, you can mask <laughs> up. Everybody can wear a mask. That's something we don't talk about. Like you said, we don't talk about things like this. We don't talk about the things that hurt. We don't keep it real with ourselves. So if we don't keep it real with ourselves. How are we going to keep it real with the next person? And we don't know how to accept accountability. And we always pushing it off on the next person. How is that healthy? You get what I'm saying? So I really need to get with you behind the scenes. We need to set this thing up for South Carolina. I would love to have him come out and speak to my students at Chopper. Yes. We have to do it. I'd be more than happy to do that. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've become very passionate about is this idea that some of this wasn't their fault. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. So, some some of this wasn't their fault. When I think about relationships in particular, right? I think it's I think we often find ourselves in a place where it's easy to find flaws in other people. Mm-hmm. It's easy to point out what they did that ticked us off, or what they said that really rubbed us the wrong way, or, or what they did. But some of this, some of this wasn't their fault. Some of this was the fault of someone who we're protecting. Right? Some some of this is some of this is dad's fault. Some some of what I'm carrying is the result of what what daddy did that I've never been able to talk about. 
Some of this, some of this is because dad wasn't there. And I, and I wasn't, I, I didn't know specifically what I wasn't getting, but, but dad wasn't there. Some of this is because, you know, mom was a single parent and she was doing the best that she could and she was giving it all she had. And and I don't blame mom for what she did. Mom, mom made us work. Mom, mom is the reason why I'm here today. But some of this, some of this was mom's fault too. Mm. And it, and it's not from the place of placing blame, but it's so that we can appropriately place our pain so that we can appropriately heal Mm. because as we go on in our relationships placing blame in all these other inappropriate places it doesn't allow us to deal with the foundation of our trauma Mm. it's okay to stop and say you know what i love you anyway but this really had a profound impact on my life my inability to come to you and talk about what I was going through. I just shared and I'm writing a book. It'll be hopefully out by, by the end of this year. And I'm really just writing a memoir, just talking about my life story and how mm-hmm. I've come to this place where I am now. And a lot of it is revealing some of the things that happened in my childhood that my mm-hmm. family never knew happened. Mm. And a part of it was me being kind of upset, like how y'all don't know this is going on, right, right? right? But then the other part of it is I couldn't tell nobody, right? And how long did I go not being able to tell anybody? And how many relationships did I enter holding on to that thing that I never told anybody, right? Right. And 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 how do I get to a place where I can heal if I never tell anybody, right? This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm dealing with. This is not about being tough. This is not about being strong. This is about surviving. And I ain't talking about surviving COVID. I ain't talking about surviving, you know, uh, racism and police brutality. I'm talking about surviving life, right? And particularly mm-hmm. for our men, men are co- committing suicide four times the rate of women because we given up. And we given up because nobody ever provided the space to value us outside of being in sports, outside of being tough, outside of being strong, outside of being being fighting and making money and paying bills and wearing all the clothes and wearing the chain and rocking the car and being right. dripped and all this kind of stuff. Nobody ever stopped to talk about about, about what happened when I was young, what, what made you not be able to trust anybody? What made you run around like only God can judge you and not care how you affecting other people? What made you not be able to communicate in your relationship? What made you feel like the only way that you can communicate is out of anger and frustration and being mad? What made you feel like you got to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders and can't ask anybody else for help? What made you unavailable to love or even be loved by another person? What made you who you are? Not the representative that's showing up for these other people out here in the world, but what made you the person you look at in the mirror when it's only you? Right. Right? What created those tears that are sitting on your pillow that you can't show nobody else because you're ashamed of how what happened to you, but you got to be tough and strong and hold on to it? What is it? 
We got to create the space to talk about this, not just with men, but with women too, right? You talked about earlier, women show up and they're dealing with all of these things. And and and, and to be honest, women have more spaces to be able to talk about mm. this than men do, but there are still a lot of our women in the world who are carrying the weight of what happened before. And we've not been able to truly talk about it and heal from it for a lot of different reasons but we have to commit to breaking the cycle. It stops with us and it stops through communication. It stops through awareness. It stops through education and a commitment that come hell or high water. We're not accepting this anymore. Our kids are not going to live this way. We're going to be vulnerable. We're going to be transparent. And most importantly, we're going to be authentic. And authentic me is hurt. Authentic me wants to cry. Authentic me is, is, is carrying the weight of the world. Authentic me is scared about what's going to happen tomorrow, whether or not I'm going to have the money to do what I need to do, whether or not this business idea is going to work, whether or not these bills are going to get paid. I The authentic me has issues. But guess what? God created me with purpose and come hell or high water, I'm going to get to that purpose. But in order for me to get there, I got to be transparent. Absolutely. I ain't got it all together. I ain't got it all together. I'm not a perfect person. I ain't, you know, I ain't figured this thing out. I'm doing the best I can, but I'm committed to learning. I'm committed to talking about this. I'm committed to yeah. being better. Yes. You said a lot. I'm going Okay, I get emotional. And I need people to understand that, like you said, I'm committed to this. It's people out there that goes through things, you know, and they don't want to voice it. They feel like they're going to be judged. And to have a purpose, you have to be transparent. And on this show, I am as transparent as I can be. I share my flaws. I share my likes. I share fun. But when, when we have conversations that I know is serious, I need people to understand it's serious. People are going through things that you don't realize they're going through. And as a mission coordinator, when I was, I would preach all the time. You don't know what the next person went through that night. You don't know what they're going through that day before they come to work. So why do you have to be the person to nitpick or, or make them want to jump off the bridge? We have to understand that kindness doesn't cost you a thing. You know, listening and understanding don't cost you a thing. It doesn't pay nobody to be mean and, and disrespectful. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. 
You don't have to be disrespectful. Your mom always said, if you don't have something nice to say, just don't say it at all. Remove yourself from the situation. Um, I don't know. It just, I just felt it, Shane. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about having this platform. And I just need people to understand that because I get it. You know, I get it from different levels. And I just need people to understand that. You need people to talk to. I don't care how strong you feel you are or, or you got it all together. You are not on this earth by yourself. You need someone. And I just want them to understand, like, I'm trying to give people resources. I'm trying to give people an outlet. You know what I mean? I call people. People want to talk. I'm here to listen. I call them. You know, I talk to them. I listen. I need y'all to understand everybody is not bad. It may seem fake to some people, but it's, 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 it's real. It's real. Everybody's not bad. I need y'all to understand that. And Shane, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you. Alan, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you allowing me to meet Shane. This is what we need. My community needs this. And I'm thankful. So I don't want to carry on too long because we've been on almost an hour and a half, but we needed this. People needed to hear this. You know what I mean? So we'll talk on the back end. I have to. I have to set this up for you to come down. Um, if you can just tell them really quickly exactly what it is that you do, Shane. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well thank you for for having me. Um, I, I'm one of those crazy people. I had, a, I had a mentor, the late David Williams, who was the athletic director at Vanderbilt, who passed away last year. Um, who would make time for people. As busy as he was, he was the first African-American athletic director in the Southeastern Conference and at Vanderbilt University. And as busy as he was, he always made time. So I have committed to always make time. So anytime you call, I will do my very, very best to make sure that I honor that and I honor you and I, and I make time. Um, I am currently the executive director of a men together at the YWCA of Nashville and middle Tennessee. Uh, that program is engaging men and boys to end violence against women and girls. It is both locally in Nashville as well as nationally and six other States. And we are doing the hard work of teaching young men how to value and respect women. It is important. It is critical. Um, and we can do it. Violence is a learned behavior. And if it can be learned, it can be unlearned. And so that's the work that we're doing. Um, I also just recently started a, a consulting firm that focuses on diversity and inclusion. So I travel around the country talking to executives about diversity and the importance of diversity and inclusivity uh, within corporate culture. Um, I also uh, do some other things. I'm a color, commenta color commentator for Vanderbilt basketball games. I serve on a number of different boards in the city of Nashville as well as nationally. Um, just, just trying to help. Just trying to be a voice in the community, trying to, you know, help move things forward. Uh, this conversation about racism and difference 
and civility is something that um, is, it, it needs our voice. And the conversation is one that very much so resembles violence against women and girls. It, at the end of the day, at the heart, at the heart of it, at the root cause, is power and control. Um, and, and we have to make sure that we're elevating solutions more than we're elevating problems. We know what the problems are. They've been the same from day one, right? We got to elevate solutions and we got to elevate each other. Um, and so that's what we do. You can find me. I'm on every social media platform, Shane Foster 32. Um, you can also find us online. If you want to research our program, it's amendtogether.org. A-M-E-N-D together.org. You can find us online. We're also um, on all the social media platforms. Um, engage, give, um, whatever you want to do. Uh, but, but I also just want to leave you with this. Man. I think that, first of all, let me celebrate you. Um, you know, you talked about being transparent. What, I, what I've been able to see in you is vulnerability. And you are doing the hard work of, you know, being vulnerable so that people can see into you, so that they can see into themselves and, and, and hopefully creating the space for other people to be transparent about their situations, their circumstances, their trauma, their pains, their tears, their joy, their laughs, their fun, but also their own transparency. Right. And the more that we can uplift leaders like yourself who are willing to be what it takes to have this conversation. Um, but I also want to challenge you to make sure that you're finding healthy outlets to take care of you. This work is hard. This work is necessary, but it takes a lot out of us to stand up here and to do what we do on a daily basis. So make sure you're taking the time, whatever that is. You know, take the time to take care of you and pour into you so that you can continue to pour into others. I appreciate that. I hope we didn't lose him. Um, but you guys, I didn't mean to get emotional. But again, um, I do this because I want to do it. I do this because I feel like this is my purpose. I always felt this way. Um Shane, did we lose you? Are you back? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, you guys, I thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I feel like this conversation, this discussion, this segment was necessary. Make sure you guys share. You know, make sure you guys share because I know it's someone out there that needed to hear this. Um, this will not be the last conversation. I'll aggravate Shane to death to come back on. You know, but people need to hear this. Shane, thank you so much for giving us your time. You don't understand how much this means to me. Um, but I'm going to end it here. You know, he ended it on a, a note, a positive note. And we will we, we will meet again. I'm definitely going to try to set up something for our, you know, area, surrounding area. So look out for that. And I'm going to go ahead and end it for the night. And I want to say peace and love. <laughs>